0: Let's get on with the show. Hey, everyone.
1: Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me financial advisor, entrepreneur, husband and dad, John Stoy, also the founder of Verbatim Financial. John, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thanks for having me, Jen. I'm, I'm really happy to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I thought I'd mention to our listeners, as you're listening, feel free to check out his website, verbatimfinancial.com. So, John, it's a new year, and I know that you kicked off the year with a blog entry about kind of how you see the new year. Um, Let's start with that. How has the new year been treating you so far? And, you know, from what you said in that initial blog early on in the new year, um, do you feel like you've been able to kind of accomplish your goals so far?
2: Uh, I think so. Okay. So Mm -hmm. the great thing about the new year, after all of us having gone through 2020, the, the, the real pandemic year, um, obviously we're still, we're still in it. Um, we're Mm -hmm. still uh, hoping to get through and people are struggling. Some, some folks are for sure, but, um, I'm an optimist by nature. And, uh, I really, the blog post was, I had a feeling 21 is going to be a good year. And, Mm uh, and, and I, and I think it will be, I mean, people are getting vaccinations. Um, the, I think the economy, uh, you know, is, is continuing to recover, uh, yeah. from, from, from the, uh, pandemic shutdown. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good things in the future, you know, mm-hmm. vaccinations, et cetera, et cetera. So all these things are good. We're rolling through. Um, I will say I'm not a big believer in predictions. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, that's a, that's something that, that I talk with clients about a lot that we don't know the future, but right. I'm going to go against my own thing and say, uh, my wife's a physician. So, um, when the pandemic shutdown first happened people kept calling her and calling me since mm-hmm. of course you know de facto i must know something about medicine because my wife's the doctor
1: <laughs> by association
2: uh, exactly uh and uh, and so she would she said you know what i think everything will be people the the question is when are things going to go back to normal and she said yeah. um back last april uh mm-hmm. she said you know things should be probably back uh to normal by christmas
1: 2021 mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: and so wow. It looks like she's probably going to be fairly correct in her prediction uh, yeah. as of uh, as of uh, about a year ago. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's where we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, whatever the case, uh, it, it is important. One thing that uh, maybe some people don't know about you is that you were a Boy Scout. <laughs> and uh they had taught you to be prepared. And so one of the philosophies that um I think you're taking into the new year um that you wrapped up your blog entry is to um you know to to have plans and a support system. Cuz I think no matter what happens, as long as you have those two things in place, like you don't have to necessarily predict the future, right? It's just about like okay, at least you know which direction you generally want to go <laughs> and you have a support system to help you get there.
2: Yeah, and that's it. So I mean that's the point of having plans and, mm-hmm. and developing them um, in, in hopefully a robust fashion is that they can be your roadmap um, to use when things don't go as expected. Because of yeah. uh, if we all look back, there are probably very few times in our lives where things do go as expected, <laughs> fewer sure. than, than when they don't. <laughs>
1: I've personally for me I've learned to set intentions rather than goals because it's like okay my intention is to let's say for example like live a good life and then kind of see how that manifests you know um because I feel like in 2020 it was a little difficult to like set clear goals because you know obviously things kept changing and you don't know um I'm not saying my idea is right but so far I feel like it's been working out for me to just focus on like my intention this year was to focus more on just building good connections with people you know planting those good seeds early on because you just never know what it'll blossom into and already I'm beginning to kind of see the fruits of, of that labor of just like building good connections. Um, don't know where it's headed, but it's, I think it's been great so far. <laughs> oh, I'm,
2: I'm I'm really glad to hear that. Um, yeah. and you, you know, you highlighted a word, um, goals and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, as a financial planner, um, <laughs> financial planners and advisors, we, uh, as a, as a, in an, as an industry, we have a kind of a bad rap, um, mm-hmm. deservedly. So, uh, the old story is, uh, what's the, the, the the problem with financial advisors is they should all over you. Um, <laughs> they tell you you should do this, you should mm. do that. Um, <laughs> should all and, uh, that. <laughs> and and one of the things about it is that you should have goals. Um, yeah. And I have a big problem personally with 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 the using the word goal. Yeah. Uh, in terms of of these types of things in your life, because of because goals imply um, endpoints, mm. and and. Uh, I I prefer to use an idea like maybe milestones or things like that because of you don't want to hit a goal and then start thinking to yourself, what do I do next? Um, or if you don't hit that goal through maybe no fault of your own, Mm -hmm. um, there's no reason that that should be seen as a failure. Uh, so, so, so it's a, it's, it's it's it may be just psychological. It may be semantics, but uh, but but I really try to avoid using the, the the term goals when I when I talk to folks about this. yeah.
1: That reminds me of, um, I'm probably butchering this, but they called it like the gold medal syndrome where, you know, like athletes who go to the Olympics, they get this gold medal, but a lot of times they had, they struggle with depression afterward. Cause they're like, what am I going to do next? I spent like four years, you know, this is all I was dedicated to and now it's over. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that's a, a more extreme way <laughs> to be like, you know what, maybe, maybe not so much set goals, although that that is a different situation. But I guess in that, you know, in giving this example, it's like, um, you know, we don't like life is long, you know, life, life is not at the end of this goal that you achieve. There's still going to be life after that. And so Mm -hmm. I like your whole um, focus on milestones as opposed to goals.
2: Yeah, no, that's, and, and it's, it's so true, especially if you know, I mean, I work with folks who are at the beginnings, relatively speaking, of their careers all through uh, people who are who are retiring. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and especially nowadays uh, uh, where there's this whole FIRE movement, uh, which is financial independent, mm. retire early, uh, this mm-hmm. idea that you can, you know, you can get through your earnings years, save to the extent that you can then retire. Uh, what would be considered early as a mm-hmm. you know according to the American norm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but that movement struggles. I love it. Actually, I love the movement. But it struggles with what what to do after that retirement, um, mm-hmm. because of people see that again as an endpoint, and then they don't know what to do afterwards. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's a, like you said, life life knock on wood is long, and and there's a lot of stuff. Hopefully, that we can do with it. Not all of it has to do with uh, with accomplishing X, Y, or Z, or, or earning a, a certain you know amount of money.
1: Yeah. I like how uh, early on in our conversation, we're already kind of debunking a lot of things in regards to uh, people's approach to the financial industry. Uh, one thing that you take a lot of pride in, John, is that you know, um, you've know you pointed out, uh, even on your website, that our industry, the financial industry as a whole, doesn't do things the right way. So let's talk about that. What, what are they doing that's wrong right now?
2: Wow. Um, so the beauty is that things are changing. Mm -hmm. Um, They're changing slowly and they're changing more slowly than, than some um, uh, media or pundits would, would, would have you uh, think. Mm -hmm. But when I say things are changing slowly, so the financial services industry um, for, for the, for the, for most of its existence um, is basically just dependent upon selling people things, Mm -hmm. Um, financial products, insurance, Uh, you know, selling them an idea of what they needed, or, or, or again, the should idea that you should need this, you should want this. Um, and every time uh you sold something to somebody, you got paid, and Mm -hmm. and the commissions based uh model uh was it was it it turned out shocker, it was a real problem because what are salespeople going to do? They're going to sell what pays them. The highest commission mm-hmm. that includes cash value life insurance and uh, mutual funds that have high fees, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know the the, the internet and uh, sort of the democratization of, of information has mm-hmm. caused people to, I think, you know, realize that that in general that model is flawed. The conflicts of interest are rife. Uh, for 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 problems mm-hmm. uh for creating problems between client and 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 advisor or salesperson unfortunately mm-hmm. um and so the industry is moving towards things like fee only um and that's definitely a huge improvement uh but but you know wealth management as they like to put it and advisory they often now want to charge people um a percentage of their assets mm-hmm. every year as the fee now it is one fee. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not required to sell anybody anything to earn that fee, so that's a definite step up. Um, but but you're still taking a percentage of this person's assets every year, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily based on the amount of work that you do. Because um, let's just be honest the it takes work to work with clients. It takes advisory is real. Um, financial planning takes effort uh, if mm-hmm. you're doing it right. But. Um, working with a client who has a million dollars in the bank is not different materially than working with a client who has $500,000 or $5 Mm million. So there really isn't a reason for if say the average fee is 1% uh, for a million dollar client to pay $10,000 a year to their advisor Mm -hmm. and a $5 million client to pay $50,000 a year
0: (laughs) to Mm -hmm. their advisor.
2: Um, now, it's, it's a profitable business because of that, but I simply couldn't operate that way um, because I know, I hope I provide value to my clients. Yeah. Um, I hope they enjoy it, but I know that I have to sleep at night. And so I want people to know exactly what they're paying and to feel comfortable with, with what they're paying. And so I think the reason why I asked that question is that you know my, my advisory business is structured as a flat fee advisor. So that... I charge one fee for clients uh, and they know what it is and like I said, I hope they get value from it. but it takes away as many of those conflicts of interest as I could possibly take away.
1: yeah, and I imagine that if it's um, if you are getting um, a percentage off of the clients' um, assets, it you know the the financial advisor is more so maybe looking for clients with a higher net worth and so they don't necessarily um, help you know, all the clients that could, you know, be able to uh, benefit from their services. And so for you to do a fee base, it's like, like, this is what it is. Let me just, you know, let me just give you the advice. Let me give you what you need. Let me focus on your best interests, not just recommend a certain, not just recommend a certain solution just because like, I'm going to get a certain percentage off of it.
2: Yeah. And, and it's that, and just as people don't I mean, I'm not saying that 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 advisors who do charge based on assets under management um, that's the model they, that what they call the model I'm not saying that they're being nefarious or mm-hmm. or or they're they're somehow underhanded uh, in doing it that way but the thing is is that we all operate both consciously and subconsciously, mm-hmm. and 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 you don't necessarily know why even you're making the decisions that you're making. So um, you might think you're acting as a fiduciary or as someone who's acting in your client's best interest, but um, there may be in the back of your head. If a if a client says they say say they want to buy a property and and mm-hmm. and they they have the cash to buy it, and they would it would take x hundred thousand dollars out of your management in order to buy that property, you're going to lose money. If Mm. you recommend that they do that, um, you might be more, you might be more apt to say, why don't you borrow the money to do that (laughs) instead Mm. of, instead of paying in cash. Um, and, and you don't even know that you're being, uh, you're being conflicted. So it's (laughs) a, it's a, it's just, my goal is to create a model that eliminates, again, those conflicts of interest so that the that structurally, you <laughs> know that it shouldn't happen versus having to trust that someone is doing something um, or not doing it for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So um, give us a, a case study. You don't have to mention any names or anything, but maybe a favorite clientele or a favorite client that you've worked with where you walk them through this model or help them with this model of yours. Um. Well,
2: you know, I will say that uh, so two things come to mind. Um, the mm-hmm. first is that a lot of folks don't really even know what they're paying advisors. Mm-hmm. They realize that they, they need help with their financial, uh, worlds and, uh, and they, and so they're willing to to hire an advisor. And I'm going to say not everybody needs an advisor. This isn't, isn't, isn't the case, but, mm-hmm. but many people feel more comfortable working with someone. Um, but because of that percentage-based fee and the fact that while it is reported, it's not uh, front and center on your 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 monthly statements or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, I have a I have a friend who is asking me about my business. And, and I said, Well, do you have a financial advisor? He said, Of course I do. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> well, okay, great. Well, what how do they charge you? And then there was silence on the end of the phone. <laughs> this was only a couple of months ago. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, I'm not sure. I'm gonna text him right now. And so he texted uh, his advisor. Um, and uh, a couple hours later, he he, he, uh, he sent me a copy of the uh, screenshot of the text. And he's like, I didn't even know I was. this is what I was paying. Um, and so, you know, these percentage-based fees, they they get buried. And, mm-hmm. and so that happens to a lot of people. Um, Another good example is I, I, had, a, uh, I had 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 some new clients joined fairly recently, and um, you know you sit down with a, with with some new folks and, and just say you know what are what do you what are you hoping to get out of this relationship, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um And and I'll always ask, well, why did you even you know contact me in the first place? And the the husband said, well, geez, you know, I just read your white paper. On your website and i just that was it because <laughs> frankly and i because i have a i wrote i have a paper and i'll we can give you your your listeners the link but mm-hmm. it 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 shows based how the, it shows the impact of percentage-based fees versus fixed fees mm. over the years and it's uh it's it's quite impactful upon you know to your to your total returns and so he's like, as soon as I read that, and then I knew that you were going to do a good job because of X, Y, and Z, he
1: mm-hmm. apparently
2: looked into my background. Um, you know, I, He's like, why wouldn't I sign up with you? And so I'm like, well, that was great.
1: <laughs> know, no, nobody's <laughs> going to
2: be upset uh, if, a, if a potential client comes to you like that. But that's, you know, in, in the ideal world, that's people should just, if they realize or if they want advice and, and, and mentorship, um, then they should see, hopefully, the value there again, and it should be extremely crystal clear what they're paying and what they're paying for.
1: Yeah. Now powerful. You ever have a, a client experience where you thought, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing?
2: Oh, you know, I mean, I think so. Uh, <laughs> this is, and, it, and it, it could be tiny little things. Um, mm-hmm. It could be, uh, you know, uh, the, the client who's whose husband, uh, managed all the finances, mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, 50 years of marriage. And then, and then, and then, uh, you know, unfortunately isn't there anymore, uh, passed away and the, and the, and, and the spouse needs, you know, help mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And they need, they need someone who basically they can feel comfortable with, uh, to To take on, I don't want to say that role, but mm-hmm. but um, but to allow allow them to sleep soundly at night. Um, and and a lot of times, you know, what you need to do, or the ideal situation would be to to, to as an advisor would be to do as little as possible with mm-hmm. with that person. Make sure that they are, you know, certainly safe from a, from a as safe as possible from a, from a risk standpoint that you can mm-hmm. do, but, 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 you know, not to go in there and start rocking boats and things like that, just because of you, are an advisor and you think that clients want you to do stuff for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that, uh, that people are sort of ready for whatever the next steps are going to be in their life.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that. You're, um, you know, you're focused on empowering them, right? You're at least with this particular client. You're focused on helping them, like, okay, look at what their next chapter of their life is going to look like now that they don't have, you know, the person that managed the finances in the household. Yeah,
2: and and so and it could be that it could be, you know, careers change. Mm-hmm. Careers change. Um, we talk about retiring early, but right. uh, careers change voluntarily. Careers change involuntarily. Uh, maybe it is the right time for someone. Maybe the, you know is an entrepreneur has, has that entrepreneurial spirit, but has always worked in a corporate environment Mm -hmm. and they want to do something different. And they feel like if they don't try it now, um, they're never going to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's something I talk to a lot of people about since I have been a a small business owner, um, as, as well as, you know, in the financial world. Um, this is, these are, these are things that, uh, again my goal is to be is to be a mentor to the to to my clients as much as it is to be the um sort of stereotypical or pseudo you know this the financial advisor uh, yeah. portion because of the the when people think financial advisor they often think investment advisor not necessarily financial advisor financial is much more broad it mm-hmm. should be mm-hmm. um and the investment management aspect of 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 the job is actually Pretty much the smallest, and if you're doing it in what I consider the right way, you're going to try to simplify everything for for your clients as much as you can, bring the fees down as much as you can, mm-hmm. um, such that they're just capturing what the market is giving in terms of returns, mm-hmm. and then everything else is not investment related. You know, it's it's life it's life related.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they say a genius can simplify, you know, can uh, speak things in simple terms to a person. Cause then if not, then maybe you don't really know <laughs> what you're doing <laughs> when you over-complicate yeah, no, that, that's or use all the bells me. and whistles to confuse them to be like, you need me, but you're like, nope, <laughs> let me simplify this for you. I got you. <laughs> right.
2: Right. Um, that, and, and I sort of like my, my dad, uh, cut something out of a, it was an ad from a magazine way back Mm -hmm. in the eighties. And, and he gave it to me when I was in grade school and it was from Einstein. And, and I think, I'm not sure whether he actually said this or whether it's sort of an apocryphal, you know, Mm -hmm. saying ascribed to him, but, but, uh, but it says, uh, like you said, everything should be made as simple as possible, but no simpler.
1: Mm. Wow. Ooh. I feel like we (laughs) can take a minute to pause at that. right there. (laughs) Um, John, that's so that's incredible. Uh, I want to go ahead and shift gears here, but before I do, is there anything else you want people to know about verbatim financial? Um,
2: just that, you know, the good news is, is that uh, I, I am accepting clients. I don't always accept clients. Um, but I'll tell you what, I enjoy so much speaking with folks. Um, I'm active on social media, et cetera. Uh, I love to answer questions. People don't have to be my clients in order Mm -hmm. to send me um, little inquiries because uh, I'm all about financial, expanding financial literacy amongst Mm -hmm. people. And like I said earlier, um, not everybody needs a financial advisor and Mm -hmm. not everyone who might need one in the future need, needs one now, sometimes you can just answer a few simple questions for folks and that can get them going for the next five years. And then when life becomes a little more complicated, then they might want need to talk to somebody, you know, and, and so uh, I'm always open to hearing from people.
1: Perfect, awesome, and of course, to our listeners, his um, John's website is verbatimfinancial.com. So uh, before we wrap up here, John, I, I wanted to share something very fascinating about you uh, because we didn't we didn't mention it. I was like, oh, I got to make I got to make sure I, I bring this up. Um, you are, for me personally, I think you are the only uh, financial advisor I know that has managed three billion in bonds and also a sushi kitchen. <laughs> so to our entrepreneurs that are listening today, um, anything you want to share to them with your experience as an entrepreneur and now of course uh being a financial advisor.
2: Oh sure. Uh so so that's that's you're talking about a, the post financial crisis adventure uh into <laughs> into food production uh that that I that I got into. So uh I had spent about 20 years in 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 finance mm-hmm. managing money for uh big companies like ING and Suntrust and mm. things like that. And then there was a financial crisis and um, I didn't think that the markets would recover as quickly as they did. That was my own problem. I still was trying to predict the future. Mm. Uh, well, so I said, I'm going to have to do something on my own that isn't related to finance. And um, the food business has 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 relatively low barriers to entry, which is why you see people do open up uh, restaurants and things like that. But I didn't know how to open a restaurant. I didn't want to open a restaurant. I wanted to control as much as I could ab- about the business, and mm-hmm. I wanted—I knew I wanted one day to be able to sell it, mm-hmm. and so I went into the whole uh, process um, with with a business plan that uh, had all those sort of those pillars in place. The idea mm-hmm. is that okay, control what you can control, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought that I, you know, corporate clients are more uh, dependable than 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 individuals than mm. than and and so I wanted to have corporate clients. And then I also wanted to think about okay when it was time for me to leave the business how would somebody be able to come in from the outside and 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 value it mm-hmm. uh, and so I wanted to create a book of business that that you could put a number on and and that's what I ended up doing and I think um, it was super fun we don't have to get into the weeds on on what it was like to open up a, a, a fresh sushi production company um, it's uh, I learned a lot about how you don't make people sick, uh, (laughs) uh, how to prevent uh, them from getting sick. It's uh, Mm a, you know, it's actually a lot more complicated than, than you might imagine. But, uh, Mm -hmm. but the, the thing that, that I really took away from it and, and what I talk to a lot of, um, in fact, my clients about, because of, I do work with a lot of uh, business owners and entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. is that, is that really, uh, I think what people miss a lot is, is, is looking at your exit strategy Mm -hmm. before you even start the business. Yeah. Uh, because of that's going to determine a lot of the foundational elements that you put in place because of, you know, we all think that our businesses are, are either going to go forever or that um, somehow it's going to make us rich. But again, life gets in the way. In my case, it was it was the birth of our son. I uh, mm-hmm. There was no way that I could uh, do the hours that it took to run that business and be a dad uh, that I wanted to be. And yeah. so we made a decision as a family to sell the company, um, and it was only because I thought about that five years prior mm-hmm. uh, when I started it that I was able to do it, um, you know, in a fashion that 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 worked on a timeline for us.
1: Yeah. I love that. So, you know, plan your exit strategy from day one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think is what I'm, is what I'm hearing from you. That
2: that is you've, you've done it. You've made it as simple as possible.
1: There you go. I try, I try to be a genius too. (laughs) Um, John. Wow. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks again for joining us here on the Thoughtful Entrepreneur. No, you are
2: very welcome. and, And thank you for having me. This is a, this is a fun for me as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then to our listeners, this again, this is John Stoy, who is a financial advisor, entrepreneur, husband, and dad, and of of course, the founder of Verbatim Financial. You can learn more about him and check out his socials, uh, starting at his website, verbatimfinancial.com. With that said, thank you all so much for joining us, and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.
0: Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program,